0: Well, good morning, church. My name is John. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at VRBC. And this morning, it is my distinct honor to introduce our speaker today, who is one of my ministry heroes, Pastor Chris Simmons. (laughs) Pastor Chris is a native of Washington, D.C. He grew up in a devout Christian home. He began preaching the gospel at the age of 17. I'd rather not talk about what I was doing at the age of 17, so praise God for you, Pastor Chris. He's a graduate of Washington Bible College and Dallas Theological Seminary and has served as the pastor of Cornerstone Baptist Church since 1989. 1989. Amazing. 34 years of faithful ministry. We praise God for you, Pastor Chris. Praise God for you. God's used Pastor Chris and Cornerstone in so many powerful ways over the years to bring the good news of Jesus to the South Dallas and Fair Park community and around the world. When I was growing up, uh, we, we memorized verses at church, and one of the verses we memorized was, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Anybody else memorize that as a kid? Be you doers of the word and not hearers only. And Pastor Chris and Cornerstone Church family, I think you are a beautiful, beautiful example of that. I know that Pastor Chris is a hearer of the word, and I know it's just not in that verse, but he's a preacher of the word, and he has faithfully preached the word for those 34 years at Cornerstone Baptist Church, but he's not just a hearer and he's not just a preacher, he's a doer. And Cornerstone Baptist Church has been doing the Word of God consistently, faithfully, lovingly, humbly, in so many ways, ministering to literally thousands and thousands of hurting people in tangible ways food for the hungry, counseling and formula for single moms, assistance for people coming out of incarceration, mentorship for children and so much more I've literally never met anybody with so much energy and passion for ministry pastor Chris I just want to say that you encourage me you challenge me you inspire me and you bless me and I'm so grateful that I've had the blessing of knowing you for over two decades and that our church has had the blessing of partnering with you and with Cornerstone for all this time we're thankful for your faithfulness. And so, VRBC and Cornerstone family, will you please help me welcome Pastor Chris Simmons. Thank you. I'm Thank you so Thank Thank so grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so very much. It is certainly a joy and an honor to be back with you again this year. And we are so blessed and honored and thankful to the Lord to have a partnership with Valley Ranch Baptist Church that really allows us to reach out to the least, the lost, and the lonely in the South Dallas Fair Park community. And We could not do what we do uh, without churches like Valley Ranch Baptist Church, who understands that it's more than just meeting the physical needs of those in, in, in crisis, but also meeting the spiritual needs as well, offering them hope. And so we thank you so much for the many ways in which you help us to do that. As we've heard mentioned in the service, uh, from serving at the kitchen to uh, our Viola's House outreach, and um, just all year long, the ways in which members of Valley Ranch Baptist Church help us to, again, spread God's love. And so we mentioned about the Cornerstone Kitchen, uh, the volunteers come down on uh, Thursdays, first Thursday of each month, to provide a meal. And you may be saying, "I would love to come, but I cannot come down on a Thursday uh, morning because of my work schedule." Well, there is a dedicated team that come down every Sunday morning at four something in the morning to feed the homeless. And the reason why I know is because a couple of weeks ago they didn't have the key and they called me to figure out how to get it to the kitchen. <laughs> so you are more than welcome to join that team that is led by uh, just very dedicated volunteers who come down and really just share God's love uh, on a weekly basis. And so thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for being here. Uh, let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for our partnership here at Valley Ranch Baptist Church. And we thank you for this year's Christmas store, God, of 24 years of meeting the needs of families. Thank you for uh, your provision. Thank you for the many ways in which uh, they work behind the scenes to make it seem so seamless uh, to those who are being ministered to. Pray now that as we shall look into your word, we, you would encourage us to continue to be grateful and thankful during this holiday season for the many things that you have so graciously provided for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. We wanna encourage you to join with us in the book of 2 Chronicles, the book of Second Chronicles uh, chapter 33, Second Chronicles chapter 33, Second Chronicles chapter 33 verse 24, Second Chronicles 32 rather. Chapter 32, beginning with verse 24, life of Hezekiah. We've been walking through the Kings at Cornerstone and I think during this Thanksgiving season that this is a King that we need to take a good look at because what we've said as we've looked at the Kings is that sometimes we can learn from other folks tuition. We can learn lessons from their lives so that we don't experience the same things that they experienced. And so I think Hezekiah during this season of Thanksgiving certainly speaks a word to challenge us, um, to challenge us. And so in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 24, In those days Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. Prayed to the Lord and the Lord answered him and gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah's heart was proud. And he did not respond to the kindness shown him. Therefore, the Lord's wrath was on him and on Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah repented of his pride, of his heart, as did the people of Jerusalem. And therefore, the Lord's wrath did not come on them during the days of Hezekiah. This morning, as we kind of look at the life of Hezekiah, and we think about this being a season of thanksgiving, we want to talk about the tragedy of ingratitude, the tragedy of ingratitude, of not being thankful and appreciative of all the amazing things that God has done for us. I think it's very appropriate for us to oftentimes challenge ourselves around being thankful because many of us oftentimes treat God the same way our children treat us. We oftentimes treat God the same way our children have the tendency to treat us. No matter what we do, they always find something to complain about, something to complain about. In August, it's too hot. January, February, too cold. When, when, when we uh, got to get up in the morning and go to work, Lord, I sure hate going to that job. Then you get laid off. <laughs> Lord, I sure wish I had a job. Sure wish I had a job. We're single. We're single, we're single, and Lord, I wish I could get married. Lord, I wish I could get married. Then we get married. (laughs) Lord, I wish it was somebody else I could have (laughs) married. Then we have children. We want children. Lord, please, please give us children. God give us children. Well, Lord, why do you have to give me so many? And Lord, why did they have to act like like they fell on their head at birth? We always find something to complain about. In fact, there's a song that is is popular, a gospel song that talks about I won't complain. And it it, it talks about I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days and some lonely nights. But when I look around and I think things over, all of my good days outweigh my bad days. And so I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds will hang low. I could hardly see the road. I ask the question, Lord, Lord, why so much pain? But he knows what's best for me, although my weary eyes can't see. And so I'll just say... Thank you, Lord. I won't complain. Attitude of ingratitude in that many of us find ourselves plagued with, as, as we'll see, that, that, that impacted the life of King Hezekiah. And it's rather interesting that it would impact the life of King Hezekiah because Hezekiah was a different kind of a king. In Judah, We know the kings in the north were oftentimes wicked kings. In fact, they are now in Assyria because of their hard-headedness and stubborn. God has allowed the Assyrians to infiltrate their land and to take them into Assyria as captives. And then the attention turns on the, the two nations in the south that is led by Hezekiah. And although many of the kings in the south were also wicked, like all the kings of the north were, it was, it, it, it was refreshing to find a king like Hezekiah, because although there were a few kings that were, that were trying to do the right thing, many of them were lukewarm. Many of them were even lukewarm. And they would not go all the way to really deal with the issues that were in Jerusalem, but Hezekiah was a different kind of a king. In fact, we picked up his story in 2 in, in Chronicles chapter 29. He, he begins reigning in chapter 29 at 25 years old. And it says about Hezekiah in chapter 29 verse 2, very refreshing to the nation of Judah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. After all the kings that that, that, that we're, we're, were called evil and wicked. Finally, a king that was committed to doing the right thing. king that was committed to doing the right thing. In fact, it, it says in chapter 29, verse 3, in the first month, Uh, in the first month of the first year, just as soon as he begins to reign, he he opened up the doors of the temple. It it goes on in the passage and talk about how he removed all defilement because he was committed Mm -hmm. to doing the right thing, committed to the worship of God, Uh, of bringing back the, the, to the temple of God, the cymbals and the harps and the lyre, and, and, and to worship God, to attribute God the praise that he was did. In fact, not only was he interested in bringing the nations in the south, but even those who had not been Carried into exile in chapter 30, Hezekiah sent word out to all Israel and Judah and also write letters to Ephraim and Manasseh, inviting them to come into the temple of the Lord. We've got to make God center. Make God number one. A challenge. Come back. Come back to worship. Come back to praise. Put God at the center of our existence. It goes on in chapter 30, verse 6 about Hezekiah because of this command that, that, that Hezekiah sent out. It says, the people of Israel return to the Lord, the the, the God, that to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. That and if you turn to the, the, the Lord, the Lord will return to you a challenge to get Israel to come back. And, and as the nation comes back, as the nation begins to put, to put God at the center of their worship, God began to change the things around them. Because Hezekiah understood that when you, when you take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. fact, chapter 30, verse 6, chapter 30, verse 26, rather, it says about that day because Hezekiah put God at the center. It says, there was great, there was great joy in Jerusalem from, for, for since the days of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, there had never been nothing like this. In Jerusalem, God heard them, it ends. He heard them for their prayers, as it ends, chapter 30, for their prayers had reached heaven, his holy place. Because Hezekiah was committed to placing God first even in the midst of their worship, placing God first, making God the center, didn't mean that they were exempt from problems. Didn't mean they were exempt from enemies. Didn't mean that they were exempt from very, some very tough situations in their lives. Because as I mentioned, their brothers in the north have been taken captive by a Syrian under Sennacherib, and and now he has turned his attention to Judah uh, under the leadership of Hezekiah. And, and, and even though the, he, they are determined to take out Judah, the Syrians, Hezekiah prays. Hezekiah prays to God. And he encourages the people, even in the midst of of all that we're going through, because Hezekiah understood that, that you can be a faithful servant of God and still go through some hard times. In fact, he says to the people, chapter 32, verse 7, as they are under attack, Be strong, 32 verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us, Is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles? And the people gather, gain confidence that everything is going to be all right. Although we are under attack, although Sennacherib is is designing and is planning to take us out, God is on our side. And he will fight our battles for us. Notice as a result of them calling on God and humbling themselves before God and trusting in God and not becoming afraid of because of uh, of the enemy, the Assyrians. Chapter 32, verse 20 says, and Hezekiah and the prophet... Isaiah, son of Ammon, cried out in prayer to heaven about this, about this situation. And the Lord sent an angel and annihilated all the fighting men and the commanders in the camp of the Assyrian army. So he withdrew to his own land in disgrace, and and, and he went into the temple of the God, the king of Assyria, and and some of his sons, his own flesh and blood cut him down. God proved himself faithful, proved himself faithful. He called on God, and God came to his rescue. And many times, like us, say many, we can't hardly get through one trial before there's another trial. We can't get through one situation before there's another situation. So in those days where we begin our chapter, our our passage today, in those days, it says Hezekiah became ill. And if you look at 2 Kings chapter 20, a a word from Isaiah says to him, get get your house in order, Hezekiah, because you're going to die. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, called on God. And you know what God did? God added 15 more years to his life. God worked a miracle. He prayed to the Lord. Chapter 32, verse 24. He prayed to the Lord. Who answered him and gave him a miraculous sign? Yes. It is obvious that God had been good to Hezekiah. God had been faithful to Hezekiah. Hezekiah had seen over and over again that the faithfulness of God. To this nation. When enemies wanted to take them out. And seemingly their army was greater than their army. God showed up. And gave them the victory. When Hezekiah was in hospice. And it didn't look good. He called on God. And God healed his body. It was nobody but the Lord. But notice Hezekiah's response. Verse 25. But Hezekiah's heart was proud. In light of all that God had done for him, Hezekiah got the big head. He became proud. And you know what Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, reminds us? Come on, come on. It is pride yeah. that comes yes, before destruction. There you go. Yeah. Listen, as the proverb would write in 11, verse 2 Amen. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility, comes wisdom. In light of all that God had done, you know what Hezekiah began to do? Began congratulating himself. A lack of gratitude an appreciation for what God had done because he got impacted by pride. We oftentimes remind ourselves, you know what the middle letter in pride is? I. The middle letter in sin. And in fact, if you look at if you look at Isaiah chapter 14, we won't go there. But in Isaiah chapter 14, it is a situation that happens in heaven because Satan, Lucifer, was one time in heaven enjoying all the benefits of God. But as he was enjoying all the benefits of God, he decided one day to say, I'm going to exalt myself. I will be like the most high God. And over and over again, as you read Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, you'll see, ah, ah, ah. And God says to us, say, no, heaven ain't big enough for the both of us. And since I made it, you're the one that get the eviction papers. Be careful. As Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8 would remind us do not think more highly of yourself than we ought to think, but to think humbly, uh, humbly and soberly and, and recognize and realize that the only reason I have what I have is because of the faithfulness and favor. Of God. You see, Hezekiah forgot. Oh, he had a good track record. He had a good track record. He had a good running record of all the things that God allowed him to do. In fact, if you look at verse 27 about how he was able to get in this position, Hezekiah. Verse 27, <laughs> had very great wealth. He had honor and, and he had and made treasures of his silver and gold and for his precious stones, spices and all kind of valuables. He, he, he made buildings to store the harvest of grain, the new wine and the olive oil. <laughs> Verse 29, he built villages and acquired a great numbers of flocks in herds. But notice, it wasn't because Hezekiah was so good. It wasn't because Hezekiah was so righteous. It wasn't because Hezekiah, as the young people would say, got it like that. The text says, for God had given him very great riches. He only had what he had because of what God had enabled him to do. Listen as I read Deuteronomy chapter 18, very enlightful passage, beginning with verse 17 you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this. But remember, it is the Lord your God for it is he that gives you the ability to produce wealth and so to confirm his covenant which he swore to your ancestors. You only have what you have. And the tragedy is it is so easy for us to begin being ungrateful because we just expect God to do what he's always done. We'll wake up in the morning and don't even say, Lord, thank you for another day. Some of us get so busy, we'll sit down to eat and never say, Lord, I thank you for the food on my table. We'll go home and go in our houses and lock the door and never pause to say, Lord, I thank you for a roof over my head." You see, Hezekiah got the big head. Hezekiah forgot who had enabled him to have the riches and the success that he was able to enjoy. In fact, it goes on, verse 21, when envoys were sent by the rulers of Babylon to ask him uh, about the miraculous sign that had occurred in the land, how he had been sick and and God had healed him and, 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 and all the miraculous things that God had done. You know what God did? Verse, notice what the latter part of verse 30, 31 says. Babylon is there, they want to know, Hezekiah, how did you get all that you got? Hezekiah, you were sick, how did you overcome that sickness? And as they come to Hezekiah's door, to find out how Hezekiah had such success. You know what the text says? God left him. God left him to test him. God says, I'm just gonna sit back Hezekiah and see how you answer. These folk that's impressed. Not that he left them. I ain't gonna say a word. I'm just gonna test you. I'm gonna test you so that I can know everything that was in your heart. And the reality is, God knew. But he wanted. Hezekiah to know. And see, God will allow testing to come into your life. To see what you really made of. Like sometimes I hear young ladies say, I don't need a man. Jesus is the only man I need the right man, come along. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden, Jesus is kicked to the curb. <laughs> Talk a uh, good game. Mm-hmm. And God will send tests our way. Yeah. He, he will allow us to go through things and experience things to bring out what's really on the inside. Isaiah would write in Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10, see, I have refined you, though not as silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. And there are times when when God allows you to go through things and he goes on to say, for my own sake, for my own sake, I will do this. And how can I let myself be refined? Because I will yield, God says, my glory to another. As you go through what you go through, it'll bring out what's really inside of you. How could Hezekiah, how can Hezekiah have changed this story? Very simple. Instead of being prideful and arrogant, if he would have spent more time being thankful, being thankful. Can you imagine when those envoys came to inquire, how did you get healed if he would have said nobody? But God healed me. How did you overcome the Assyrian armies? Nobody but God fought my battles. But instead of giving God the credit, He left God out of the equation. That's why the psalmist would say, you need to learn how to let those who have been redeemed by the Lord say so. If God has done anything, And the reason why, it is obvious that he never, he did not respond to the kindness that was shown to him because he never gave thanks and credit to God for the wonderful things God had done. Can you imagine if those Babylonians came to him and Hezekiah would have done as David did in Psalm 34, verse 3, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name forever. Yes, yes, yes. We sing a song by Hezekiah called Grateful. It says, I'm just grateful for the things that you've done. Yes, I'm grateful for the victory that, that, that we've won. I could go on and on about your works because I'm grateful, grateful, so grateful for, for to, just to praise you, Lord. Flowing from my heart are the issues of my heart. It's gratefulness. Hezekiah, demonstrated an attitude of ingratitude. Songwriter was right. How do we overcome that? Songwriter would put it this way. You know what sometimes you just need to do? Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings to see what God has done it. during this season of thanksgiving. In fact, the reality is it's not a season of thanksgiving. Every day should be a day of thanksgiving. And during this time, when when we are reflecting on God's goodness and God's glory and and all the marvelous things that God has done for us, let us not be guilty of having an attitude of ingratitude. Father, how we thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Songwriters, right? If I had ten thousand tongues, just can't thank you enough. Help us to be, not be like Hezekiah, who failed to be appreciative for all the marvelous things you had done. And Lord, we are so grateful not only for the big things but even for the small things. Because truly, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would we be? And so, Lord, as we close this sermon, we just want to pause to say, Thank thank you.